The late Larry King left his $2 million estate to his children. A handwritten last will and testament delivered the news. Meanwhile, a dog in Tennessee became the heir of $5 million she won't be able to use. She's a good girl. Bill Doris died late last year in Nashville, leaving behind millions for his best friend, Lulu, the border collie. Those who knew Bill didn't really know what to say, other than that Bill really loved his dog. And now she's a millionaire and is being taken care of by one of Bill's close friends. Perhaps a doghouse mansion or a diamond-studded collar are in her future. It'll be hard to spend $5 million on Lulu, but Martha Burton, Lulu's caretaker, certainly wants to try. We all long for deep, loyal friendships. Christ isn't just there for us. He knows us, to know and be known. Jesus is the best friend you and I could ever have. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here it is Tuesday. And we're in a series this week, our second day, called The Heart of Jesus. I wonder if you would call Jesus your friend. For some, the concept seems a bit odd, maybe even irreverent. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my God. But the idea of Jesus being a friend with us, with sinners, is just as shocking today as it was when he walked on this earth 2,000 years ago. The Pharisees mocked Jesus back then by calling him a friend of sinners. But that's the best news any of us could ever hear. Jesus, a friend of sinners. In a moment, we're going to look at this idea of Jesus being our friend. It's a stirring idea, and it is in the Bible. And I pray we will all the more fall in love with our dear friend by the end of our time together. Yesterday, we spoke with a friend of mine. He's a pastor. His name is Dane Ortland, and he's written a book that explores the heart of who Jesus is and how he truly is the best friend you and I could ever have. Christ is our Savior, most gloriously and fundamentally, but he is also our deepest, truest, and best friend. That's Dane Ortland, and he'll be with us a little later in the program again. Once in a great while, a classic book comes along that speaks deep inside you. Dane is the grandson of my predecessor on this radio program, and he's written such a book. He's written Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers, out of his own need to stay in touch with his Savior. He was desperate for finding more grace in his own life, and this book describes how Jesus Christ became more alive to him. It's done the same thing for me, and I believe it will for you. So after the program, call us. Make your gift to the ministry, and we'll send you the hardback, Gentle and Lowly, by Dane Ortland. Or ask for the audio version, which is read by the author. And here's our phone number to call us in a little bit. 800 654 2836 800-65-HAVEN or visit our website for Gentle and Lowly haventoday.org haventoday.org And now let's start our program today the program called The Heart of Jesus Here's Paul Balash 
What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share Jesus knows our can't even remember the first time I sang in church, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, Paul Balash, a better voice than mine, opening this haven today. 
and a program called The Heart of Jesus. Let me ask you, who is Jesus to you? Many of us have spent time in church and in Christian circles. We've heard the answers, Savior, Redeemer. Maybe we remember doubting Thomas as he saw the resurrected Lord for the first time falling on his face when he exclaimed, My Lord and my God. We wouldn't be wrong if we answered in any of those ways. After all, how often have we found ourselves doubting the Lord and his promises, only to be reminded once again that he is truly good? The words of Thomas become ours in those moments, wouldn't you say? But there's another answer to that question, and it's one that speaks deeply to my soul, and I pray it will for your soul. We're in a series this week we're calling The Heart of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't just want us to recognize him as Lord. He isn't just looking for blind obedience, and he isn't just concerned that we know him as Savior. Of course, he is those things. But there's something more about his heart for us. He doesn't just love us. He likes us. He even called us friend. I had the privilege of meeting up with Dane Ortland to talk about his new book, Gentle and Lowly. And we also spoke about Jesus as our friend. I was talking to a Christian leader a few years ago. They had written a book, a very good book, a, a sound, spiritually mature person. And I happened to mention in the course of the interview, I referred to Jesus as our friend, as Jesus did. And this person had never heard that. This great Christian leader, student of the Bible, had never heard that before. Why'd you include it in your book? Because it is so very precious and meaningful to me and to you, Charles, and to those of us who uh, have gone through adversity and pain in life, that Christ is our Savior, most gloriously <laughs> and fundamentally, but he is also our deepest, truest, and best friend. Of course, his enemies in the Gospels call him the friend of sinners, and that's a, a statement laced with uh, sarcasm and accusation. But actually, for those of us who know ourselves to be in that category of sinners, mm. it is deeply consoling because we know that in Christ, we are given a friend who will never refuse our presence. Mm. He will always welcome it. With every human friend, if we betray them if enough, if we uh, insult them, offend them enough, eventually walls will go up. It's just who we are as fallen people. With Christ, he never puts up walls. He always welcomes us into his presence, and he accompanies us all through life in this, as Edward said, this fallen wilderness of a world. So that's a glorious mm. comfort. Mm. Isn't this interesting that Jesus calls us friend, those of us who believe and follow him, and yet many of the times, uh, like just look at the disciples, they're at the end. They were not the friend of Jesus, even though they were followers of Jesus. I find myself in that same boat, too. Too often, I think, Dane. I do, too, Charles. Uh, we, we often betray him with our thoughts, words, and deeds. He never betrays or forsakes us. In fact, Thomas Goodwin, in his book, The Heart of Christ, The Heart of Christ Who is in Heaven for Sinners Who Are on Earth, glorious title. He says, when the disciples at the end of Christ's life were forsaking him and fleeing, Goodwin says, 
that's when Christ was loving them most. Mm. Mm. <laughs> John 13, 1, he loved them to the end. Mm. He didn't love them mm. in a calculating way, mm. according mm. to their faithfulness to him. That's hope for me. Wow. Thank you. That was Dane Ortland. He is a scholar. He's got a Ph.D. from Wheaton, a theologian, but he's also a pastor. And more importantly, he's a friend. And he's written a book called Gentle and Lowly. Jesus absolutely is our Lord and Savior, but he's also our friend. I wonder how many of us realize this in our day-to-day lives. How often do we simply bask in the fact that Jesus calls us his friend? He made it a point to call his disciples his friends just before he went to the cross. Listen to his words there in John 15. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. For those who follow Christ, he doesn't call us servants, he calls us friends. But for Jesus to call us friends, it isn't just about following him, it's about knowing him. A servant doesn't know his master's business. What Jesus means is that servants are simply told what to do. But friends get to walk alongside and see for themselves. The disciples were with Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. They saw him heal the sick, and they even saw him raise the dead. And he even washed their feet. He brought them in, even included them in his ministry. But even more than that, he told them exactly what he was doing. His life, his ministry, all those healings, The signs and the wonders, they were all heading to one thing, his death and resurrection. Greater love, he said, has no one than this, laying down your life for your friends. This is what it means to be a friend of Jesus. He laid down his life for you. When we take upon our shoulders the burden of saving ourselves, we fall into this trap of thinking Jesus is simply an overlord, demanding that we fall in line or else we begin to treat our relationship with him as a transaction. But that burden is too heavy for any of us to carry. Jesus never intended us to be his employees, earning a wage. He chose us to be his friend, and he laid down his life for us. That's enough. That will always be enough. We can rest and rejoice in that. But Christ doesn't stop at simply calling his friends and laying down his life for us. Jesus' heart isn't for the clean or for the holy. It's for sinners like you and me. He was insulted with the phrase, and religious leaders thought they were making him look even worse. But instead, they were showing just how deep the love of Jesus went. Friend of sinners. It wasn't supposed to be a good thing. Sinners were unclean. They were disobedient. Sinners were not the kind of people any devout Israelite would want to spend time with. The sinners were those tax collectors. 
and the prostitutes. To be a friend of sinners was to fraternize with the enemy. That's what so many thought. But actually, it's what so many of us think today. Of course, we tend to think that way about others. But do we think that way about ourselves? It's why we stand at a distance from Christ. It's our shame and our guilt. We convince ourselves that Christ doesn't love us. We don't embrace him because we think he wants us gone. We project onto him the ways we have been treated or the ways we've treated others. We are human, fallen humans at that. And that means there is only so much betrayal or mistreatment we will endure before we put up our walls and we begin pushing people away. We think Jesus does that to us that our sin is just too great for him to even love us. And that's where the good news comes yet again. Jesus calls us friend. Jesus, the friend of sinners. We can't forget that as we struggle with our own weakness and sin. Jesus doesn't put up his walls to close us out when we've offended him too badly. He doesn't subtly push us out when we've made a mess of things. No, he welcomes us. Over and over again, he welcomes us and forgives us time and time again. Who else can love us so faithfully? It's only the one who gives his life for his friends. We spend a lot of time talking and thinking about how Jesus gave himself up for us, why he had to die, but we don't talk a lot about why he wanted to. That's how deep his love is. Not just that he saves us, but that he wanted to save us. He wanted to save you. You need to hear that right now. Wherever you are and whatever you're struggling with, Jesus wanted to save you because he's your friend. He loves you. He's our Lord, yes. He's our God, of course. But the heart of Jesus tells us that he's our friend. And that, my friend, is a comfort for our hearts. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, I think we've read the scripture that we heard today, but how have we not taken it to heart? Jesus, if we are saved, is our friend. He came to save us from our sins. He came because he loved us, He chose us before we chose him, and he called us friend. Lord, I've had a lot of best friends in my life, good friends, but never a friend as close as my Savior. I pray that this day, all of us would look to Jesus as our friend, to claim that promise that he gave to his disciples and left for us even now. That's what we need. Christ is our friend, and I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus, what a friend. Jesus, what a friend. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul, friends may fail me.
my friend, God loves you very much. And Jesus Christ has provided for your full forgiveness and acceptance to God. And this is Ray Ortland then for all the crew saying, you can go with God. He goes with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful walk with him. If you are a long-time listener to this program, you might just recognize the voice of Ray Ortland, Sr. A short clip from 1993 as he signed off on what was then called the Haven of Rest. And we heard the Haven Quartet, a hymn that fits our theme today. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called The Heart of Jesus. It was a delight to have back on the program today the grandson of Ray Ortland, doctor and pastor Dane Ortland, 
I mentioned this yesterday, but I had so many people over the past few months from far and wide who called me or emailed to say you've got to read this new book by Dane Ortland. So last month, I picked up a copy and I started reading Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. One chapter a day. It's too rich to try and read any faster. Dane told me that he wrote the book out of his own deep craving to know the heart of Jesus. Not just to be saved, he was already saved, but to find the heart of Jesus in his own life today. To not just understand, but to have relationship today and every day with Christ and the Spirit of Christ alive in him. If you're looking for that closer and deeper relationship with Jesus, a better friendship with your Savior, then get on the phone right now and ask for your copy of Gentle and Lowly. Make a gift to the ministry that's supported by friends like you. We have it as a hardback book. We also have the audio version as well that's read by Dane. Just call us right now. And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us online, read a sample from the book, or listen to Dane read a few paragraphs. And our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll share together the heart of Jesus. It's part of the great story that's all about you-know-who. And we'll do it together on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. One thing that doesn't usually come to mind when we're crying is the word blessed. It's difficult to see the love of God through tears of pain, but that's the exact word Jesus used to describe us in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning is a deeply personal thing, but it also happens in community. When we weep, he weeps. Yet we don't weep as those without hope. The promise of Jesus Christ keeps us steadfast. We will be comforted. The promise reminds us to look ahead to the future, even when our presence brings tears. Through our pain, Christ's comfort finds a way to heal. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.